Hey everybody, this is James Intracasso letting you know that we got some awesome audio from Wade Rocket. It is all of the Pelgrane Press panels from Gen Con, so check it out. We've got some good stuff going. This is a beginning that we are putting on top of all of them. Thank you so much to Wade and the people at Pelgrane for giving us this audio. All right, without further ado, here is the panel. Welcome, everybody, to the 13th Age Adventure Design Workshop and Gen Con 2016. Yay! And uh, I, as promised, will sing the Albert song. Are you going to start us off that way? Okay. Yes. Oh, Good. yes! Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Of course. I'm a hungry bear, tall and sleek. Here are my claws and here is my beak. When I meet a party, hear them shriek. I rip their arms off and watch them freak. <laughs> That's that's entertainment. Has anyone besides you ever sung it? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. All right. All right. So the 13th Age Adventure Design Workshop, wherein we are going to discuss how to design an adventure for 13th Age, but more specifically, how to design an adventure so it is a 13th Age adventure and not just any old D20 rolling fantasy adventure. And uh, so I would like to sort of put the the have somebody who is very very skilled and experienced at designing 13th age adventures take the take the lead on this um, would that be rob or gar um, why don't we do it where we start with a person who's not as good at it which is me in a certain period <laughs> okay and and, and and introduce yourselves please and then filter over towards gar right and um, let's introduce everybody for a second quickly right. yeah. um, lynn hardy on the right mm-hmm. um, writes Adventures for many other games. No adventures yet for 13th Age, but um, is working on various monsters and other things for us. And uh, perhaps someday we'll be doing adventure design for 13th Age. Uh, Gareth Ryder Hanrahan um, writes adventures that are longer than the... Um, than they should be. Than the core book. <laughs> um, and then short ones for uh, make, your, make, your, like, make Your Own Luck for your RPG Day and things. Um, Wade Rocket... Um, took last year's notes um, and turned them into a fun 13th Age Monthly uh, from this workshop, Temple of the Sun Cabal, mm-hmm. um, as well as other adventures for 13th Age. Yes. Um, I actually don't tend to write many adventures. The first adventure for a role-playing game that I ever wrote and published was Reddit says it was way out of Wizards. And uh, and so the bizarre thing is is that I, I develop other peoples and things like that, but the dirty little secret is I don't write them. Uh, so, but, but I do kind of take them and turn them into 13th Age Adventures, which I think is uh, why I can go ahead and talk about it. So, And uh, so for starting point, as an example of that, um, the Jonathan, my uh, collaborator, tends to write more of the adventures than I do. And uh, when he wrote the original Bolt Strike Pillar, I thought to myself, okay, this is okay. This is all right. But I, I need it to go ahead and be uh, more accessible to multiple different campaigns. So when you're writing a published 13th Age adventure, I think what you're doing for your own campaign as a game master, you know sort of where people are coming from because you're, you're thinking about the uniques, you're thinking about which icons they're related to. When you're writing it, you try to do as much of that as possible. So the pieces that get added to a 13th Age adventure that may not be in others are just all the alternatives. It's like, it may be window dressing, but it's a hell of a lot more interesting if the goblins that the player characters are going to fight, if they're related to the Lich King, they should be wearing um, Day of the Dead masks and, uh, you know, and, and, and having little tattoos that they think are going to reincarnate them as liches. So when you put a little trace in like that, of that's the kind of stuff that players either oftentimes remember and that they seize upon and like they may say, oh my god, that tattoo is going to turn him into a lich. You know, and then you're like, yes, yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. But you have to give them um, the atmospheric detail to make them do your work for you. If you don't have the detail, you know, it won't happen. Uh, so, for instance, with the Blood and Lightning, that's where I, I basically did 
you know, Jonathan is always Occam's razor. He usually prefers the simplest possible thing. And then I go ahead and say, no, 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 it should be approachable from three different directions. You know, uh, that it could have three different icons be the main one. And the bad guys could be three different ones. And uh, the, the blue dragon should not just be a regular blue dragon that is going to kill everybody at the end of their first game. It should be crippled. <laughs> uh, and so, um, so for my standpoint, the 13th Age Adventures is a little bit like putting in things for people's backgrounds to hedge up to, pe- things for people's icon relationships to hedge up to, and possibly giving the adventure a one unique thing. Um, so that so that instead of being something that people don't recall as well, that it has something that's so bizarre right in the middle of it, and an option for the three different bizarre pieces, that people will always remember, oh my god, that was the time that really bizarre thing happened. Now, having said that, let's lean over to the man who wrote the most mm-hmm. bizarre... Uh, adventure um, Eyes of the Stone Thief right. um, As Rob said or well, actually paraphrase Rob said or to build what Rob said or to ignore what Rob said not quite sure which <laughs> there's no such thing as a generic 13th age player character like, in other games you can have like you know, I'm a human paladin I'm a dwarf fighter all perfectly fine but in 13th age by the rules you can't have that because of the one unique thing it's I'm a human paladin who's also the son of a dragon and has dragon wings I'm a dwarf fighter and my beard is plotting against me. <laughs> We've always suspected that, actually. Yes. <laughs> I haven't um, Also, so not a dwarf. <laughs> You've seen me with that. Seriously, not dwarf. You're the world's tallest dwarf. Yeah. The world's tallest dwarf, fair enough. Which was actually a what do you think in a campaign I ran. Mm-hmm. And actually, that, that fits in very nicely because uh, because you don't have generic. Uh, characters <coughs> in a play game. You have to, to some degree, not only build the adventure around the player characters, but certainly be aware of your player characters are and put in things that will connect into them. So, for example, I was writing an adventure for my home group, which was, um, I don't know, they were, doing, oh, they were all doing something heroic and there was magic and monsters and cool stuff. One of the player characters was the world's tallest dwarf. So, how can I include that in the adventure? What's and the player had, player had included that really thing put as a joke like you know I have no idea I'm going to be the world's tallest dwarf which is a challenge to me so you know, okay, how can I make that relevant to the game so I had the uh, <coughs> emperor send the dwarf king a dragon as a gift and it would be a horrible insult if no one rolled the dragon and only the world's tallest dwarf had the leg, long enough legs necessary <laughs> to straddle the dragon's back and fly it so the player had to go off and like, uh, rescued the dragon which had been captured by orcs or something and that became part of the adventure so you see when you're writing your own adventures look at your players when you things look, like, ask yourself can I put this in and similarly what Rob said the, use the icons almost as creative prompts like you know I know that I have my group of like six player characters and between them they've got six different icons I don't know which icons would come up with icon rules can I tweak my adventure so there are six little variations that I can include mm-hmm. so for each icon and the wonderful thing about that is you, you, by forcing yourself to cope with those little creative tweaks you come with things you would never ever normally consider like you know okay I've got this tribe of orcs and there's a chance they're going to be connected to the priestess what can I do with religious orcs and that goes aha I can have a cult of orcs who are trying to build their own god out of dung <laughs> And that's actually the third unique thing about third unique thing. The third unique thing <laughs> about third unique adventures is they tend to be distinctive things. Distinctive. <laughs> is they tend to be slightly more. What did I say? The music was like you know, brutally whimsical. Yes. Yeah. There's a certain light-hearted, not as light-hearted, but sort of unbridled creativity to thirteenth age games that isn't as true in a lot of other fantasy games. There's a sense, a sense of sort of kicking back, going r- running with it basically. Like, you know, if the player character wants to be a like you know giant swarm of mice who are dressed up as a bard and are wearing a bard mask, <laughs> instead of going, "What are you on, you strange person? Go away!" <laughs> run with it, and you actually find that you know, more than often it works. That you can like see, kind of like serious high fantasy drama when your bard is a sack of rats with a mask. <laughs> Yeah, this, that's a, it, it, there's an important distinction, um, not a huge one, but an important one, I think, between 
uh, designing adventures for your home game and designing adventures for publication. Um, as a GM, when I'm setting up an adventure, um, which is obviously much less work than writing something that frickin' Rob Hainso is going to look at and come back with comments, um, no pressure. Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Ow. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so when I'm, when I'm designing something for a home game, I know my players want unique things, I know their icon relationships, and so I sort of leave little pockets in there saying, okay, if... If this person is going to, this person might do something related to elves, and this person might do something related to dragons, and this person might do something related to orcs. So I'm just going to put little bits of that, scatter little breadcrumbs throughout the adventure, and so that they can say, aha, I rolled a six with my negative relationship with the orc lord, so I'm going to do this because an orc just showed up and, and at this scene. Um, or they might not. Uh, whereas if I'm writing an adventure for publication, it's going to be very explicit. Like if you've read Temple of the Sun Cabal or you've read Wreck of Volan's Glory, it says, okay, if this icon, then you can do this, this, and this. If this icon, you can do this, this, and this, and so forth. Because I want to give the GM as many of those tools as I can to do it at their table, but I don't know what's going to happen at their table, so I try to anticipate as much as I can. Yeah, and that's the thing. The, the joy of 13th Age, certainly with the group that I run it for, who are all as mad as a sack of ferrets, um, is that I, I let them create their characters and then I took their one unique things and started building. I'm not going to say too much, just in case one of them's watching, because it would kind of give the game away if he finds out what I've got planned for him, um, based on his one unique thing. But at the moment, they're currently in the Golden Citadel. They have been delivered there to the Paladins because something is going on that could cause a real problem. But on the way, they invented an inn um, in Shadowport, where it was a goblin specific, not a goblin, a gnome specific inn, where you had to fish for your own dinner through a hole in the floor. Um, there's been other weird and wonderful stuff going on because one of the characters is a gnome um, who thinks he's the greatest thief in the world. No. Um, <laughs> he's really rubbish. Um, and the catchphrase is, so, Fortinbras, this is what the end of a fight looks like. Uh, because he's usually unconscious two rounds in um, and you, you can build on that so you can as you say you can have this huge sense of humour while you're still doing your high drama fantasy plots but when you aren't writing for people you know you do have to be a lot more careful to make sure that you're supporting the GM because you've got no idea what their group have done to them or <laughs> or inflicting on them or you know how they collaborate how they work together um, but 13th Age is wonderfully flexible in that in the fact that it's a really lovely background, there are some fantastically interesting, oddball, slightly off-kilter bits that you can riff off to, to you know, really great effect. And as long as you build that support in there for people, they're going to have a whale of a time. Let me ask a quick question. Is how many of you are... We're orienting this a little bit. Which way should we orient this? How many of you are wanting to write published 13th Age Adventures ever? A little bit. Okay, some, some people. Okay, so we'll, we'll keep that in mind. But most people are more interested in creating adventures for their own home group. All right. Uh, which is good, good to know. Yes. Uh, the exam what I love is like when you make examples like, you know, the gnome, the, the, the gnome-only restaurant fished through the fish for your dinner. I love the fact that whenever people say things about their campaigns and like coming up with stuff, I'm always like, yes, I could use that too. I could use that too. <laughs> you know, it all fits in. And so we try to like leave that space open. Um, when we, the most fun way to do this is probably to do a workshop adventure, mm. um, where the audience throws ideas at us, and we, with you, attempt well, asking questions sometimes, start making up an adventure, um, and uh, uh, this is this is one of those situations where it's not going to be a vote precisely. <laughs> it's going to be the first person with a really wonderful idea that gets us moving. Um, so I'm putting my hands out like this and the first person that my hand hits who's raising their hand and giving me an idea and if nobody does what, it's what, going to come what, back around what's the first idea what, what's the first thing that we want to know is it who's the bad guy is it what's the MacGuffin um, the, what do you, who's the icon uh, first thing is adventurer tier champion or epic ah, yes. first thing is adventurer what is most useful to you guys lower level medium level or high level low, low level 
low okay. level. Get things started. <laughs> All right. are, we, are we talking introductory? Because that's a little harder. That is hard. That tends to be the hardest because you have to get the players to... All right. Okay. Let's do the, do the hard introductory adventure. Introductory adventure. Okay. Um, and should this be... Um, um, Brutally whimsical or uh, brutally whimsical. Which what do you or whimsically want? brutal? Yeah, which do you want? Do you, do you want? Do you want an emphasis on brutality or whimsy? Okay, whimsy. Oh, if only Ash were here. <laughs> I know exactly. Well, it's like I expect him to crash through the door. Did somebody say whimsy? <laughs> I don't know if I can channel Ash. No. <laughs> no I don't, really don't do it. Yeah, okay. You might not come out. That's right. Uh, I'll give it a best shot in Sorry. a low-key way. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so, so... Whimsical introductory adventure for 13th age. Okay. Um, are we getting the band together? Are we basically, like, you know, introduce the player characters? So that, uh, like, you know, are we assuming you've got a like, you know, group of player characters in mind, as in they're, like, you know, we are all already an adventuring company, or is this basically... We have six individuals who are bringing together as a venture party in this adventure. Yeah, is this the origin of the party? Because they're all going to build their characters. Okay, so, have their so we, we want something that, 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 that we can draw six pretty disparate characters, and if this is a wonderful publication, six utterly unknowable player characters. <laughs> so we want to build a venture that specifically addresses the issues of six unknowable things. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Well, no, yeah. no, 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 like Donald Trump. Like, I've, I've never been in a design workshop that fell flat on its face yet. So hey, let's go. <laughs> well, no, because <laughs> I know, that's all right. It's good. This Rob, as, as you as you might not know about Thirteenth Age, oh. we have these things called the icons. <laughs> oh, which give people reasons to work together. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Maybe Damn. maybe all of them are uh, are maybe all of them uh, have somehow been you know sort of a Kaiser Soze sort of thing where they're targeted by the Prince of Shadows and they mm-hmm. and they assembled to, to you know do a mission or I mean who knows maybe they're an elite strike force assembled by the emperor when I run demos for 13th age I always basically just let people do whatever the heck they want and yeah. then the first thing I do is stitch together a story of what's happening and every mm-hmm. once in a while I end up with like one group is here with drawn swords, and the other group is there hunting them down like dogs. Right, you, know? you start off fighting. <laughs> yeah, well, but, with, but I usually don't have to go that far. With my with my home campaign, uh, I one of the uh, one of the players said that one of his backgrounds was he was a uh, an imperial inquisitor, and it's like that's why you're all together because inquisitors. Uh, are able to assemble a group of free companions to help them as they tr- roam around the land, kicking down doors looking for demon worshippers. So that's why you're together. Let's. I, I'm going to suggest let's do um, dynamic tension. Instead of having a single plot line in which only like the Prince of Shadows has got everybody roped mm-hmm. on, because we've seen that done, for instance, like in um, uh, in in the in the OP campaigns that Ash created and yeah. stuff. Let's take two icons and have a situation in which player characters are either being played upon by one or the other, and there's going to be a a sort of a synthesis of what those icons want, but it's going to leave more ways for the player characters to be roped in, and it will create some some tension right from the beginning uh, that shouldn't be bloody tension. Yeah, so we're not not going to use the Orc Lord or something here. We're not going to use the Orc Lord and the Emperor, you know, for instance. Uh, So, let's go with favorite icons that people really want to see something bizarre happen with. Three. Oh. oh, the three. That's the embodiment of invited. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. But well, but the, the three is perfect? Yeah. yeah. The, blue, perfect. I mean, okay. the blue, the red is, you know, not especially useful for the situation, but the blue is exquisitely engineered for this because the blue is part of the empire, yep. but also mm-hmm. of questionable morality. <laughs> Okay, so in other words, one of the players is the three, and then we're specifically blue. Well, uh, more like, more likely yeah, the blue, yeah, except that you know, if someone needs to be taken care of, yeah, I know, true. I know a guy. Yeah. So all right, yeah. so we're looking for somebody who might be a grudging ally of the blue, but maybe a little. Eh. I'm thinking Archmage and Emperor are the first two that come to my mind. Uh, I agree. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, Archmage Emperor. Emperor is certainly okay. 
if there's one icon, okay, let's, let's, if there's one icon that razor, okay, is the emperor a douchebag? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, or, 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 the, the or, picture that Lee did is like, hold on. <laughs> It was like, I'm so decadent, I can't even remember to sit up straight. Did you have a question about law? Dying. He can always just bad advisors. And bad advisors. Yes. The emperor is untested. The emperor is untested. So The the other one I would look at, just thinking about faintly ambiguous icons who who go lots of ways, and just the geographical look of the empire, is the elf queen. Mm. She's like, right next door to three... Yeah. She has, the, you've got the whole magic thing with the blue, you've got the whole issue with the green dragon that she's got enslaved. Um, she has a motive to try and undermine the empire. Then, mm. Actually, she, she, actually, think about there's a whole lot of sort of parallels between the elf queen <coughs> and the Because both of them are sort of almost tripartite icons, because the elf queen has the whole yeah. three branches of the. I, I, I like it. I mean, the fact is, is that the Archmage and Emperor are the safe choices. Yeah. And if we if we go with Elf Queen and the three, then you're totally right about the tripart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, so. you, you, you probably would be pretty much any group of ventures between the two of them. Because the funny thing is, is that like then the Elf Queen's people can be fighting against themselves a yeah. little yes. bit, and so can the yeah. so can the so can the threes. Yeah. So in other words, we have a situation where you might have it. It could be a temporary alliance between. Between or an alliance between like parts of the elf queen and parts of the three. Well, you, you, you can imagine the drow going like, you know, we have some evil sinister plan. We will totally give you the keys to the green's cage or like you know, clues to where you could obtain them. Mm. All right, so this is There's an no ad- way this to backfire. So this is an adventure, <laughs> and is do you want the adventure to be open to any characters? It's just that we're going to be giving them connections to the to the three or the elf queen. Yeah. So it could be, you know, it could be that gnome fisherman. Yeah. Mm. All right. Um, Can we have a location, a place, or ideas? Spiderwood. Spiderwood. Where's that? Uh, up north. Up north. It's all spiders. Right. Yeah. Okay. There's something. All right. An adventure. We're looking for an adventure. So, there's some... Go ahead. I have an idea. You have an idea. I might have. Okay. We've got Spiderwood. Yep. Obviously, that's Drow straight away. Mm-hmm. Typecast. Typecast. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. I like spiders. Archetypes. Oh, yeah. Archetype. <laughs> spiders are awesome. Um, maybe there's something that everybody's looking for in the spider caverns underneath the wood. And it's almost a race between the, the two sets of people to see who can get it first, whether they're going to double deal, work together long enough to actually get there to get it, and then double-cross each other once they've got it. Well, I think it could be... There's another way to... Okay, yes. What if, instead of like making sure it's a double-cross, instead... I don't know if this makes any sense. <laughs> I can do this because my player characters know... I do this thing with like a little bit of cinema where I sort of tell people this film is about this. If you don't buy into this trope right now, then you're not playing along. And here's the t- and the trope here would be you've got to find this thing. There's two groups that want it. The one you don't give it to you is going to absolutely try to kill you. The one that you do give it to may still try to kill you. But you will die if you don't all cooperate. Like, your lives, you, you know, there's no cutting deals here, you know. So come, find a way to come. I, I'd be telling the player characters, find a way to come together. It's your freaking problem, partially, to, like, figure out how these disparate characters start depending on each other. It's not my problem. I'm just here to, like, try to kill you. <laughs> so if you don't find a way to role play coming together in the course of this adventure, I'm just going to add more monsters to the battles at the end. <laughs> so your challenge is, while you're doing with this easy stuff at the beginning, find a way to start liking each other. Because if you don't, I don't care. TPK, we start over. First level game, make new characters, die. And you look so sweet on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> I do? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So, because if it's a first level game and you want to, like, to, the fun part is they make their own backgrounds, right? Well, now you make them use their background stories to find a connection. I, idea in the back. 
Well, the question, so last year I remember um, when, I, when the, the Sun God uh, cult yeah. was, was created, uh, Ash sort of had a, a Mad Libs kind of template that he used for developing the, uh, the arc of the, the story. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was sort of a, uh, like, a blank choir's at the party blank. Oh, yeah. As, as a matter of fact, uh, that uh, was codified in the Any Award-nominated GM's resource book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I developed that book. Let me bring that up. <laughs> It's really good. Who who wrote that? That's um, Calmore. Wade <laughs> Rocket. Yes. And Calmore. Yeah. Why don't Why don't I bring? Why don't you up? bring that just up? for just for just kicks. for kicks? Yeah. Wow, that's preparation. Okay, so we're gonna look at. I, the I ran an idiom game, man. Just give me a break. <laughs> an ad lib. Oh, look, I, I'm blaming myself. An ad libs. Uh, Yes, in this adventure, the characters must action object in order to goal for icon, but complication. <laughs> in this adventure, the characters must destroy the mirror universe crown of the elves in order to close the hellhole, but um, which actually I wanted to mention um, at some point. I'm looking at the map, and uh, so here's the Queen's Wood. Here's Drakenhall, here's Spiderwood, and there's a hellhole just south of the Spiderwood if we need to throw in some uh, a demonic monkey wrench. Well, something I would, I would keep the hellhole as, like, you know, if a player character has gone heavily onto the Crusader or the Diablos as their icon, okay. I would spend no adventure going to go, if your clarity includes any of these icons, then you can add an extra fight with monster from the hellhole. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's for, a good idea. For the whole game of their characters together, <coughs> what you could do is. You've got the elf queens sort of heavy into dreams. You've got the blues heavy into sort of magic inclination and using things. You've got spiders. You've got webs. If the if there's a like, particular breed of magical spider or something whose webs extend to the dream, and there's a connection with dreams, and the player characters who are from all of the empire and are just different, different backgrounds and so forth have had their dreams sort of invaded by these dream spiders. And owing to some like, magical accent because of the blues meddling, they're all teleported to the woods. I was putting my pen down. I was. Glad I'm recording this. On one level, that's just the classic you have all been captured and you're all in a prison ship, and that's who are together. But if you. Well, the beauty of the is like you, know, you reskin things because you've all been sharing dreams for a while and you all wake up in a cavern together. Oh. So you've been sharing dreams for sure, a while yeah. with each other. They've all been dreams about being eaten by spiders. Exactly. Perhaps, but, but still. Wait, when you say you wake up in a cavern, are they? do they wake up in a dream in a cavern? Oh, that's lovely. Is this adventure in some sort of like dream, dream version dream. of the spider, yes. spider wood? Yeah, because basically Ooh. then you have, if they're still afterwards, they've got these six spare cards over them. Actually, that's a massive rod for James back initially. <laughs> you, you all wake up after the adventure. You're still in six different places, but now you know each other. <laughs> Unless... Unless... Part of the climax of the adventure is then developing a psychic wound where their blood is only staunched by proximity to each other. Oh. <laughs> that's how you bring the party together? Is you'll bleed together and you split up? <laughs> Never because you you'll die. die. Oh. oh my god. I don't god. want to go for women, I mean, not brutal. That's right. Yeah, sorry. Brutal yeah. it is. <laughs> and now my instinct would be to run off and rewatch Oh Brother Borat, though. Yeah. Mm. All the bits where they all chained together. Right. Oh my god. Okay, I, I mean, the funny thing is, is like, it, I, I love the fact that instead of like, we started out trying to be a little generic and like, let's make something that can just get any group of player characters together. Well, we succeeded in a sort of mechanistic sense. Uh, it's definitely a, you know, you're not going to use this every time. But hey. <laughs> well, I mean, every should be different to me. Yeah, right. No, this, I mean, I, I think that um, it's the fact that it's. Okay. Now, the great part is what, the way we're going to do this when we actually write this up. Is there are two op? We've all we've outlined two options depending on what you want for your campaign and what your player characters would be comfortable with. Gar's option is the mechanical 
fuck you. I don't care what you do with your player character story. You're going to be together. <laughs> and I, I, yeah. I actually wrote down an alternative to the yeah. bleeding out, uh, which is which is perhaps they are all much much as the you know astral plane silver cord kind of thing. Maybe they are bound oh, together by the dream web. Mm. Yeah, oh, that's so they're sort of yeah. Okay, so but th- you're right. But the thing is, that there's a, there's a spectrum. Yes, and the spectrum starts with the a little bit horror story. <laughs> Find each other fast. <laughs> Find each other from all corners of the empire, you know, and then like you're a group because that's a very that's a compelling story, and you could imagine that in a novel, you know, it's a little bit like how does the Suicide Squad get together? Well, they're they're together. Um, your version is on the spe- is the spectrum. Uh, my original version was figure out the cinematic trope of figure out how you are friends or bad things will happen to you. Now, my version was going to definitely happen. Well, actually, you, 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 you can combine those yeah. two. Yes. And basically, you've all been sharing dreams for a while. Mm-hmm. So you sort of feel like you know each other, even though up until like, the moment you from the cave, you basically just imaginary friends. Like, you know, yeah. oh, everybody had a with this elf. I get on very well with this elf. She's great. I wonder if she's really there. Oh, look, there she is, chained to a wall with spiderweb. Whoa. Well, and another way to do it would be... have the very first encounter happening in the dream. Mm-hmm. Have set the encounter up so that people have to save each other. Yeah. Like, if there's one or two people who are in cocoons, you know, and or just set the mechanics up so that the mechanics are set up so that once you get hit, bad things start happening to you, and someone else, the only way to get out is somebody else has to go and, like, use the action to save you. Then, then have maybe you could have a after the characters have relied on each other in a little bit, it could be that encounter or another one, have the sort of, um, oh, I'll channel Ash. Okay, so there's a montage. <laughs> and the montage is about what your, has happened in the dreams before, perhaps. And so the, the, the player characters, once they understand the connections and they've started to know each other's characters, then they make up stories about each other's relationships in the dreams. Um, and again, they're making it up. Um, and then, uh, then, you, 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 go ahead. Well, yeah. I was think. I was thinking you, you, you then need them a reason to basically go back. If, if they're if the first encounters in the dream, they escape from that. You want them, the, the third thing to be a reason for them to go off to the spider woods and have the rest of the adventure. Well, I, I'm not against. I mean, the whole idea of the webs pulling people in. Um, if if you the idea of putting together magic that's the elf queen and the and the, and the blue together, um, you know who's hijacking whose ritual mm-hmm. is an interesting question. Um, the player characters ending up actually yanked there, I think, is act not bad. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so the hunter one, they wake up and like break through the spider web. The montage then will basically explore to the dreams. Encounter three then is basically what? Head, is heading to the wetlands or is it something more imaginative? Um, it, so, I mean, we, we need, thinking about like what's this adventure actually about? Yeah. Who, who is the antagonist? What are you trying to accomplish? So you wake up, wake up in the dream and you have to cooperate, you have to save each other. There's something spidery and webby and dreamy going on and, uh, and perhaps that's when you discover, oh, we, we glimpse this shadowy figure who seems to be plotting against the three and the elf queen. Hmm. And that's when you sort of introduce, I see several hands going up, and then either the next montage is what's been in the dream before, or the next montage is how do we all find each other. Um, what? Yes, okay. What if, uh, what if the, the opening scene here where you're bringing them together and, and you're doing this dream is kind of the foreshadow of the conclusion of the story? So that what you're basically doing is they're they're experiencing how the story is actually going to eventually end. They're dreaming yeah, about I've, the final yeah. battle. The final oh, yeah, battle. I've done that before, so and so that, that can that work way you really can well. Through yeah. the adventure, and then end up right back huh. here, and use what the players brought up to you as a way of coming down to the end. Maybe have them die. Or yeah, you can, can, can be a death die. scene, or I mean and anything there with the end. You end up at the conclusion there, and you know how it ends. You die, mm-hmm. but you can change it. Yeah. Do something yeah, I've done something similar with, with a different game before now, and yeah, that can work really well. Yes. 
maybe in the original encounter, it's the Dream World version where they acquire something like what you were saying with the Psych Queen that somehow gives them the ability to change the eventual outcome in the real world version at the end. Like they emerge from the dream with something that will aid them yeah, they in the bring final battle? Back and then they all have to come together and use that to win the final encounter. Like the dream is somehow predestined and whatever item that they bring back is, has the power to change the sparks of their destiny. Right. Yeah. Oh, the, 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 the accent is stolen some of the destiny in the dream. That's the bag that's after them. Like you, you had my dream conquest. Give it back. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they've, they've stumbled into somebody else's dream and nicked the ending. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have the stream where you're unlocking the, oh my God. the prison gates for right. three. You know exactly how to do it in the dream. Yeah, someone's tapping into the Elfman's dreams. Oh well, oh my God! If they're it's tapping into the Elfman's dreams, it's like it's, it's, it is unlocking the Green Dragon's yeah, prison, and yeah. so then the Elf Queen wants that dream back because well, it's a, it's a, it's a drown listing cults run by, run by the tree. They're hacking into the Elfman's dreams with giant spiders who eat dreams. <laughs> and you accidentally eaten the wrong dream spider, and you've got the wrong dream in your heads. Huh. And you reach a part of it because you're group track artists. Just petition to call the um, Dreamweaving Spiders Dreamweavers. <laughs> okay. I believe you Dreamweaver. Dream <laughs> 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 it goes for a variable soundtrack. Done and done. <laughs> it also takes an interesting twist where somehow the player characters end up, if this is where we want to go with the, the uh, spiders stealing the, the dream of the unlocking the Green Dragon's cage. The so player characters end up with the dream, and both parties from both icons are hunting them down to get it back. Totally. Yeah. So I want the location, like what I want to emphasize is like the piece of it. You know, okay, I love the whole elven forest, mm-hmm. the three parts, and I believe that if we let really strange magical spiders take over each of the three parts, like the high elf towers, will have this like very strange magical webs mm. that will be like pulling the towers together and stuff mm. like that and turning them into a you know and so it can, we can transform each of the three places into something bizarre that the elves never created and that the dragons never created mm. but that has some flavor both so that the location will be something weird mm. as you're doing it and if it's in the dream that's even easier but if it's real life that still works you're thinking so the adventure itself is happening in the spiderwood, mm-hmm. and there is, and within the spiderwood, you're picturing something elven and or draconic that has somehow been assimilated by the Dreamweavers. Yeah, Could and be. they're using that as a way to infiltrate the Elf Queen's dreams by affecting something in the physical realm that has the I don't. I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, the great part is what we have is like a ton of possibles yeah. and a possible suspects, and then the and then weaving them together is going to be you know we yeah. get to we get to do it a couple different ways. Actually, we could totally do as well um, to make the adventure more flexible. We've sort of fixed on the Elf Queen and, and the three of the two encounters, but you equally have. If it is for publication or for your own games, if if like, you know, if, uh, if we're going to publish icon. something that's most useful, yeah, yeah. you put these, these like you know, drow and leave with the three using spiders to, to steal the fish from the elf queen. You have a sidebar and like you know, okay, maybe it's not the elf queen they're targeting. Here is dreams they could have stolen from the other icons, yeah. and what happens to player characters get hold of those? Like you know, you've got like you know, a dream where the prince of shadows go, walks up to a mirror and he wakes up just before the end. Like, you know, can you glimpse his true face? You've got a dream where, oh, like, what, what does the great gold worm dream about? Was Archway's dream about it? There, <laughs> and there's a strange icon. dream where you just the dwarf dumping a giant pile of gold all the time. <laughs> right, <laughs> Scrooge McDwarf. <laughs> okay, so so taking this back, and we have like. Ten, now we have ten minutes to design the rest of the event. There's a fight, there's a fight, there's a fight you win. In this adventure, the no, characters wait. the characters must action object in order to goal for icon, but complication. So we're saying the characters must defeat the 
plot of our dream stealing bad guy. Yeah. That's what we haven't decided is who exactly is the one who Who's the antagonist? Who's pulling the strings? I think that would be somewhere where you could do multiple icons. So if it's this icon, because that's most appropriate for the characters that you've got, then this is why they're doing it. If it's this icon, then this might be their reasoning for doing it. And that's where you're building your 30-paginess, is giving the GMs the options there for what's going to best suit their campaign. What I did there this year, start up one bad guy, and then have little tweaks for each of the icons. I mean... He's, he, he mechanically he's going to be roughly the same no matter who he's working for he's going to be a like you know third level double strength caster with a bunch of moot guards um, and he's going to be like an evil spider breeder but he could be a lizard spider breeder he could be an elf spider breeder he could be a renegade student of the archmage he could be a of the shadows because it could be renegade so priests of the priestess who are trying to create harmony by releasing the, uh, the green. So there's that, so that you know there's not that friction between the the elves and the three because the green's no longer imprisoned. You know. Druids spider breeding totally oh, in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, who, who have we left? Diablos, chaos, random crusader. Ooh, maybe well, he's trying to use the dream spiders to find out some secret that will give him even more power. Or there's a hellhole just down there, yeah. so it could be. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's. A, I, maybe I mean, the dream I, spiders I, are being affected by the hellhole. Mm, mm. Maybe that's perverted them. Or, or you, you, if you if Crusaders are major part, you, you make the dream spiders like demon dream spiders. That's why they're got all this power. Yeah. Dream spiders. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds Type like faster way. Type to, faster. To, to, to make to make sure that I understand, like the the, the basic like plot here. So somebody who is the who is uh, mastering the dream spiders is infiltrating or hacking the uh, elf queen's dreams in order to unlock the cage of the green in exchange for the three giving them something that will help them achieve their plot. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. It could also be that the dream spiders are their own thing. Yes. That are then that then various people are trying to manipulate yeah. now so that the dream spiders are being so enslaved by this guy yeah then there's an option for the player characters to work with the dream spiders yeah like free the dream spiders like matrix like the dream spiders have to download something to the player's brains yeah I, I'm thinking, I don't just I'm thinking dream spiders wow okay <laughs> this campaign is you know very possibly I mean, just realize it's like it's the Dream Spider campaign. As everybody's like comes to the next session after this, it's like okay, so we're we're in Spiderwood, right? And the game master's like, well, actually, you've all been having dreams, you know. <laughs> maybe you are, maybe you're maybe not. Maybe you're not. And so it's possible that if the Dream Spiders aren't the evil, that they then become a plot mechanism. Mm-hmm. That when the game master wants to shake things up again three levels later. Yeah, okay, so uh, I, I'm sorry. Like we're we have we're super tight on time. So I want to I want to make sure that we nail down okay. so, some things here. Is the goal to prevent the the the, the, the cage of the green from being unlocked? So the first the first little adventure, which started out as legend, like okay, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, just, yeah. this is your introductory adventure. Remember, <laughs> as you'll recall, the part of this campaign. It's basically escape from this. Uh, layer of the dream spiders. Escape from the lair of the dream spiders. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, oh, that's a nice B movie title. Uh-huh. I can see the poster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, okay. so cool. basically, encounter one is wake up and fight your way free. Encounter one. Encounter two is find out stuff and have. Because one, one thing, Perthage is still a F20 dungeon fighting system, mm-hmm. and the great thing about it is you've got the, all this. Whimsical wackiness, which you can do any story with, and they change gears into the actual combat part. And because you can reskin monsters to fit with your whimsy, <clears throat> but you still have a mechanically tight, fun uh, combat system, it, the two halves are work work in sync. So we, it is okay to like break things down and go, okay, we need like you know four fights, one of which is going to be a really tough one. Right. So, okay, so encounter one, wake up and fight your way free. So that's a, that's a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Encounter two, montage, montage, what has been in your previous dreams? Yeah. Encount, so encounter three, skill challenge? Skill, cha- skill, skill challenge slash if you fail that, there's another fight because you've run into guards or something. So sneak around to find Will stuff equals. and possible fight guards. Uh, skill challenge. 
sneak around fail <laughs> equals fight guards. Yeah. Cool. Encounter four will probably like you know, find find out why, why you're here, what the evil guy's plan is, like you know, break into his lab or something. Whereas it's his dream spider breeding program. Trace the webs, trace the webs, back to the Trace the webs. To their and uh, find out why you're here and what the plan is. Trace the yeah. So wait, so wait, so that's just is that just exposition? Mm. Or is that a fight? Is that our climactic fight? I'd say talking about is running into the guy who's doing all this and either defeating him or... I, I, I believe that it's very possible that Encounter 3 is a skill challenge. You might be describing what is in that skill challenge. Yeah. We found out why you're here. Okay. okay. Very very possibly that's the same yeah. thing. Right. All right. And Encounter 4? I would just go for a final fight with yeah. evil bad guy who brought you here. For final fight with evil bad guy who... Or at least a high-level lieutenant who yeah, exactly, to go yeah. for a campaign. Yeah. Sort of. Or... High level lieutenant. Yeah. And oh, you said it correctly. Well done. <laughs> I even spelled it that way. Yeah. <laughs> That's not so good. <laughs> Counterfeit. Yes. Um, what if we make the motives of the bad guy kind of morally ambiguous and let the party decide whether they want to? Yeah. Or yeah, or I really like that. that. Plus, they've got a taste of that already because they've stolen his dreams. They've seen what he wants to do. So if yeah. you and if you, if you write this for your home campaign, they totally do like you. Here's basically this guy who's planning on changing the world in this way. You are the key to his plans. Do you want to help him or stop him? Because your characters may actually yeah. sympathise with that. Yeah. They may think that it's that's wrong good. that the elf that's is holding the green. And that, that's a perfect way to like, look at your one unique things. Like, you know, if a player character has one unique thing of, I want to see the Empire burn. Or, like, you know, I am, the, I am destined to be the one who brings the downfall of the Empire. Then... Hi, I'm just for the Empire. Or that goes for free the green. Well, or or <laughs> I'm a big, strong proponent of the high druid, and I think that by releasing the, dru- yeah. the green, I can bring the, you know, the green in as a power for the high druid. You know, it's an yeah. yeah, I like your so your is good. final fight is either with uh, the big bad or the big bad's lieutenant. Or the elf if, queen, right? He's decided or the whole thing is somebody else busts in and <laughs> yeah. says, "All right." What's all this then? Yeah. yeah, I see that you're collaborating with the enemy. Come with us. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. As you read, you use the same statue. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, has anybody read uh, my adventure, Wreck of Volan's Glory? One. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I. But there was like I statted up um, like four or five groups of enemies and said, okay, depending on what the icon relationships are, these ones are the big villains and these ones are sort of minor encounters and so um, what... So, yeah, it's like, you know, this could be, like, the fight could be... I don't know, I mean, but but yeah, there could be multiple multiple people to fight, but not too many because you don't want to do too much work. Yeah. Right. So you have the guards that, that you might or might not fight. You have the fight at the beginning... And then uh, the final fight, which is sort of a mirror yeah. version of the of the first one, because because the first one was a dream. This is reality. Yeah. If there is such a thing in this world of dream weavers, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you need to have your spinning penny so you know which one you're in? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. Spinning well, icon tokens. Yes. This is. So I don't know. What do you guys think of this outline? Sounds like sounds like a good intro adventure. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely it's definitely thirteenth age. It's like you know, you're not going to kill a bear that is threatening the the, the crops or the, the, the flock. You're like dealing with spiders that infiltrate dreams and spin webs and are releasing dragons. Yeah, it seems like the funny thing is is like the the missing prologue scene is a sucker. It's a sucker thing. Like okay. So you guys, you know, you go to sleep, and it, you know, you come, you travel, and, and you, you, go to, you go to sleep in the tavern. You go to sleep in the tavern, and it's like la la la, boom. <laughs> yeah, you're you're in a tavern, and suddenly the walls begin to melt like hot taffy. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's like, huh? Yeah, exactly. That's good. And the innkeeper's a spider. The innkeeper's yeah. The, the 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 old wizard in the corner who keeps looking over at you suddenly turns yeah, into a giant good. spider. Actually, you're 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 right. You got a much better take on that. It, like it feels like the stupid start of every. It, Campaign everywhere, and then it's like, oh no, it is the dream. Mm. All right, that's perfect. That's good. Okay. Start First level adventure. <laughs> oh, no, it's just a, a dream. Spider. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
You know, here, I, I, I would suggest, how about this? Um, people level up to second as they're doing the montage about each other in the dream. I would, that's that's possibly too early, because they basically you've made your first level character. Yeah. And you've one fight, and then your second level. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a lot of math. <laughs> yeah, that, that is building in false expectations. Yes. Mm-hmm. It could be okay. introductory, but not necessarily the first level expanded one. You could give them an incremental increase. Yeah, incremental advance seems less onerous than leveling up in the middle of an adventure. I mean, who would do that? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, We have advance. You're right. That sounds fine. We have two. Okay, I don't do that. Uh, Two minutes of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anything? Tips? Tricks? Questions? Yes. Uh, if the dream spiders are capturing a lot of low-level people um, and, and cocooning them for power or whatever, like escaping from that might indicate that the you know like these party members are special and maybe mirror like coming out of a cocoon. Huh. Totally. It certainly gives you a way to introduce new characters if somebody dies. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always a handy thing to have as a backup. Yeah. Especially if you've got gnomes. Gnomes don't last very long. <laughs> But what you're suggesting is is that, that at some point they're being they're they're shown oh look here's the all the other you know characters that, the people that didn't make it out and you're okay or you meet other people in the on the campaign who've had the same dreams as you guys mm. yeah. oh, like you you wanted to this like your farmhand goes I've seen you in my dreams <laughs> don't I know you from exactly oh, oh my god okay that's kind of cool that's really good making other connections mm-hmm. later on that's mm-hmm. really great yeah. Uh, this adventure might also give you a chance to help out a player who wasn't really able to come up with a great character, mm-hmm. because there's some great options about, you know, you're the, uh, you know, druid, but actually a spider with compound eyes, and you have to relate to the world in a totally different way, and so, yeah, there's some possibilities there, I think. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, we will. Uh, we are at time, I'm afraid, and some other people need this room. Uh, feel free to find us at the Pilgrim Press booth. Uh, also, um, yeah, feel free to find us at the Pilgrim Press booth, or come to one of our any, many other fine panels that we're uh, that we're having. Thank you so much, and thank, thank you for you helping. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.